Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. That's not our number two. It's actually our number three. This is so rare that we go more than two hours. We don't have a third-hour intro. Oh. Like, we're just... So, hey, spoiler alert, at one o'clock, you're going to get the hour number two intro again. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It's the second hour for the second time. That's right. Yeah, we're hanging out with you from noon to two. uh, Reminder, all week. So for, uh, well, the rest of this week. Wednesday through Friday, no D-Lo and KC. So it's just going to be James and I hanging out with you from noon to two. From 10 to two. 10 to two. 10 to two, not noon to two. Well, 10, 10 to noon as normal, and then also noon to two. That's right. So an extra, a bonus two hours bonus two of hours. the insiders brought yeah. to you by Jiffy Lube. Yeah, bonus insiders hours. That's right. For you. You want to do our second Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game? Um, This is for Minnesota. Oh, the first I? the first one was Domas, ESPN thirteen twenty dot com. Yeah, you click on that Jiffy Lube logo. You enter the code word Domas D O M A S. Oh yeah, and that will enter you to win a one hundred dollar Jiffy Lube gift certificate. But while you're there, you can enter a second time. Um, I because we have a second gift certificate to give away. I've got the code word right here in front of me. Okay, go for it. Yeah, the second code word. This is for. The Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game for the Kings' Saturday loss to the Timberwolves. Second out of a back-to-back. Second out of a back-to-back. We'll talk about that. I think we will. The keyword is Keegan. Keegan. K-E-E-G-A-N. That is your Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game for the Kings' uh, Saturday game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Again, we give away a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate after each and every Kings game, which means there were three over the weekend while we were gone. So we have three to give away today. So you have two code words now. The first one is Domas. That enters you once. Go in, you enter again with the keyword Keegan. That's going to enter you for a second Jiffy Lube $100 gift certificate. So congratulations to Keegan Murray. Despite his rough game last night, he was good Saturday. In a Kings one ten to ninety eight defeat at the hands of the Minnesota Timber Wolves. Shout out to Keegan. What do you have? Twenty points, twenty points, seven boards, three steals, a block, three of seven for me on the arc, eight of sixteen from the field. Yeah, he's good. Strong game. Yeah. All right. There we are. That's where we're at. All right. I also want to remind you. Eh, no, I'll do Golden Sky in a second. I don't want to do my fun voice right now. It's too serious. <laughs> um, so we did the whole Kevin Durant thing. Uh, you started to did you want to did you want to talk about what you were going to say at the break? What was I? Gonna and then say we had to break? come back. You said Ken Piffany's. Oh no! Like anytime Kenny has one of these, I call them Ken Piffany's. Yeah, 
Yeah, like when he has like his tweet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he has these it's ideas. Deep in thought, yeah. Sometimes you just look at him and say, "No, no." This one was about. I think that's a good. I think it's a fun uh, discussion. I think it's a it's, good discussion. It, it, it's a it's a discussion about. And this honestly might be something that Kings run into at this trade deadline. Maybe this off season. Maybe next trade deadline where you're going. Okay, are you going to commit to this group mm-hmm. as a championship core? Or are you going to break up that core to try and bring in that piece that's going to get you over the hump? And that's like literally what the next three months are about, four months are about, and that is what next offseason is going to be about. Yeah. And they might still be figuring it out up to the next trade deadline. Yeah, but I also think it's maybe what the next month, six weeks are about. Like, who are we in, and mm-hmm. what is our, our ceiling in? Like, how do we get to the next step? Because all of a sudden you have two guys that are saying, hey, we're top 10 players in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We're here without any question. Like, so hang I- on. Stop. What? Without question, they have two top 10 guys. I think they're really close. If not. Okay. Then there's question. I have question. Okay. So top 12. How about that? I'd feel really comfortable at top 20. Well, I don't know. I feel I... very comfortable there. Okay. Because then maybe it's 15, maybe it's 12. I just, I feel com- more more comfortable at 20. You got a guy who finished, what, sixth or seventh in MVP balloting last mm-hmm. year. No doubt. Who was second in the league in win shares mm-hmm. behind the guy who should have won the MVP and went on to win it. Okay. NBA if title. they have two top 10 guys, they should be better. Okay. Then you have a guy who's averaging 30.2 points. Yeah, Darren's there. One assist, 4.6. The other guy is averaging 19.4, 12.1, and 7.4. No, totally. He's very, very good. Saying a guy is top 20 in the NBA is not a knock. No, no, no. I'm just being, I just being don't, picky. I don't know that... Like Top 15, I can live with. We can hang out at top 15. Okay, t- that's fine. A good, top 15. Good top two media. top 15. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I mean, but that. it's not far off Like if, you, if you're really sure. looking at it. Sure, sure. But the other guys have to be be ready to step up and become those other players, and mm-hmm. so far they haven't. Like I mean, Keegan right. Murray's trying. So He's that's really close, and that's what I think this trade deadline is really going to be. I don't think it's going to be OG. I'm fr- I'm I'm in the camp that the Raptors are not going to trade OG. I'm pretty sure too, unless they get an insane like, unless Keegan Murray is available, like that kind of that kind of. But I, again. I don't think that offer is going to be out there for him, so I don't think OG is going to get moved. And it's tough too because, like, what if the the deal is just straight up? It's either Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes, and two first round picks for OG Ananobi. Mm-hmm. If you're the Kings, do you do that? Kevin Herter, Harrison Barnes, and two firsts? No, either either or. I, I mean, one of the two. Oh God, yes. Okay. Like, not even. Yeah. But Toronto should say yes to that deal. Toronto's at a position in their in, in their build where they got two guys that are that are capping out of one of them is is at the far end of of their age arc. Mm-hmm. The other one is is pushing the far end of their age arc. Yeah. I mean, if your star is a twenty one year old Scotty Barnes, mm-hmm. like you need guys that are twenty two, twenty three. You don't need twenty six, twenty seven, mm-hmm. right? So I I don't know. What's OG? Twenty six. He turns twenty seven next next year, next July. Yeah. So I don't even know if the Kings would offer two because he's a he's a 
unprotected free agent at the end of the year. I yeah, don't know you're only you're only making that deal if you can sign him. Well, yeah, if I you mean, know it's he's two signing. picks if you know you can sign him. It's it's maybe one if it's a rental, <sighs> one that's protected mm. and then dissolves into seconds. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I just. I. I think. I think Toronto wants to go Scotty Barnes, OG Ananobi as their dudes for the next eight years, maybe or however long. Yeah. I. I but Pascal Siakam, I think, is going to go. the The bottom line for me is, I think we talked about Tyus Jones at the top of the show. Like okay. Tyus Jones is the kind of player that I. I think the Kings could and and maybe should go get. I think Keldon Johnson from the Spurs, our lengthy perimeter player play some defense, can score it a little bit, where you're improving because you've got Domas, you've got De'Aaron Fox, and I think they want to see how Keegan's going to develop. Like, they're going to for, for they're going to push him into the deep end here and be like, hey, you're you're the third guy here. Mm-hmm. This is this is it. How do you respond to that over the next couple of months? How do you respond to that in the playoffs? What's it look like? Okay. Then it gets down to everybody else around them. And I think if you can improve even a little bit, on the margins going into the postseason where, hey, your seven, eight-man rotation is a little bit better, that's where I think they're going to be going to be leaning when it comes to this this trade deadline, where they walk out of it and it's like, yeah, they definitely got better. They didn't add another star, but you know what? I, I, I like their playoff rotation better now than I did in December. I think that if they do that, so first of all, that's what they were, like everyone thought they would do last year, mm-hmm. right? It's where we saw that they chased Matisse Thibel hard mm-hmm. and lost out on on deal. I'm not sure how they lose out, but they lost out. It's weird. Uh, it, you know, again, Mason Plumley. Mm-hmm. Like if you could have added those two players and it just improved your rotation enough, mm-hmm. maybe it would have been enough to get you through the first round. Mm-hmm. And people are like, would would Matisse Thibel just say you in like some imaginary world they they did go out and get Matisse Thibel and Mason Plumley. Okay. People could make the argument, well, would that really have made that much of a difference? Uh, you lost in seven games to the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. And you don't think Matisse Thibel could have possibly helped you with perimeter defense against Steph Curry? You don't think that Matisse all Thibel those... Matisse gives Steph problems. Yeah, and you don't think that all those offensive rebounds that that Looney got wouldn't have been changed slightly if Mason Plumley was your backup center? Yeah. Uh, you probably would have escaped. And that's just like these little bits that could have put you over the top. And it's not changing your whole rotation, but mm-hmm. it's changing your top eight. Yeah, for sure. And that's that's something. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that that's where this team is, though, because that's mm-hmm. the deal that was there last year. And I think the internal improvements and everything, we're going to see by the end of the season that you're probably the the four games ahead of where you were last year. Right, the, the that should be the improvement, like the fifty-two win mark, fifty-three wins. That should be who this team is. But if you're going to talk contender, that's something different, Kyle. Yeah, a thousand percent. If you're talking contender, you need to go add. Well, OG and Anobi might not be enough. Oh, hmm. He might not be enough to put you in a contender category. I Let's, would, lo- man. I, I, I think, I, I think I agree with you, but I would love to. See it? See, what does that look like? I think I have an idea of how I would structure a trade and how I would look at that. Mm-hmm. But I think we're out of time. No, I just mean, I, I mean, what does it look like Yeah, from, uh, from just a basketball standpoint? Like, whatever the trade is. 
Yeah. Like how much how much better would the Kings be? Because I I like I lean toward oh they'd be a lot better. Man, but if then, you had if some if you made that trade for Kevin Herter and you started OGN and Obi at the two and man. you had six seven six eight six eight as your two three four and all of them were interchangeable defensively mm-hmm. and could switch and mix and match mm-hmm. and offensively mix and match. Man. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I like I don't need convincing on OJ. Like I'm in. Yeah. I would just be fascinated to know what it looks like and whether it would make the Kings the make the Kings a uh, a contender. We'll continue talking about this. We got some Niner stuff to get to as well that uh, that we skipped in this segment. And uh you know what? Actually, you know what? No. The 49ers are going to punt them further down the road. I want to talk about why the Raiders win over the Chiefs on Christmas might be like one of my favorite football games of the year. Okay. We'll talk about it next on The Insiders. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. The Raiders' win over the Chiefs on Christmas was... I I don't want to get hyperbolic. Okay. It was one of my favorite games of the year, though. Because if you're going to be a not good football team, which I don't think the Raiders are at least be fun and at least be interesting and at least do stuff that makes you go, oh, hey, next season. And what the Raiders are doing right now defensively very much makes you raise your eyebrows and go, hey, man, next season. Because I don't care what the Chiefs have looked like this year. I know that they have not looked like the Chiefs of old. I know Patrick Mahomes has struggled with his receivers and they're running just randos at their three receiver spots and you know it, it is I, I understand all the struggles I understand okay. mm-hmm. to go into Kansas City hold them to 14 points while having your defense also put up 14 points is remarkable to win a game where your quarterback starts 9 of 11 in the first quarter and then goes 0 for 10 the rest of the way <laughs> And then you still win to come up with stop after stop and to make Patrick Mahomes continue to look ordinary in a game the Chiefs needed. The Chiefs need to get back on track. Mm-hmm. They're at home against a team that they historically, over the last, I don't know, five years, maybe longer, have just kicked the crap out of. Yeah. And then they. Pull out a win, the Raiders do. That was, and the vibes are so good with Antonio Pierce. You can tell those dudes love playing for him. Is he going to be a great head coach long-term TBD? No idea. But the fact that he dug the Raiders out of whatever ditch they were in and not only got them out of that ditch, but then got them upright enough to go into Arrowhead on Christmas on national television. Yes. And beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I don't care what the Chiefs live look like. That is super impressive. 
and watching them hang on for dear life at the end of that game and after the Chiefs made it made it uh, a 20 to 14 game to hang on for dear life and get stop after stop after stop was just I had I had so much fun watching that game. Yeah, I didn't because I have Patrick Mahomes in fantasy football and I was trying to get the Super Bowl. Um, but I enjoyed the football itself. I did. I think I watching a, a team that's playing hard for their head coach, trying to get a guy a job, clearly. Mm-hmm. They want that guy to have that job. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it might be the right move. I don't know. So surround him with the right people and maybe you do you do have something there. Yeah. You know, I, I think it, NFL head coach is about being a leader of men. Mm-hmm. It's not so much about having an ideology and sticking to it. Yeah. I mean, I think John Harbaugh is a special teams guy. Yeah. I, I think that there are some brilliant coaches out there, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, uh, that can, you can put around him mm-hmm. to help him find the success that he needs. Yeah. But it's about finding a leader of men and that's it. Like, I, I think that he's done a great job. I would caution people like we were talking about it like two weeks ago. They were sitting at like number five, right? In the NFL draft. They're now number 12 mm-hmm. and there's potential like they're above, I think it's two or three, seven and eight teams in, in the NFL draft right now. Mm-hmm. There are eight teams at eight and seven. If they win again and then they win again, it's possible they could drop into the twenties and that's well, not... They'd, they'd need to make the playoffs for that. Well, that's 18 true. is as far as you can go without making the playoffs. Okay, so 18. But it's possible they can get there. I don't know about, about them getting into the playoffs. I don't know if there's if there's any way for them to get into the playoffs. I haven't looked at that. But uh, I think it would take like a it lot. It would take of a minor miracle. Yeah, it would take yeah. a, a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. So I, I, I think playoffs aren't, like I said, mathematically off the table. But yeah, they are they are tied. They're, they're the 13th pick. They are 7 and 8 along with Atlanta, New Orleans, Green Bay, Denver and Minnesota. Mhm. Like if Minnesota lost out, would you be shocked? No. Me neither. If Denver lost out, would you be shocked? No. Me neither. Let's ride. So that's two teams they could very easily if they split their next two and those two lose out, they could drop to like 15. Then you get to Houston, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and that's all kind of up in the air. Okay, but I mean, I, I don't. I I like the, the we we talked about this several like week, week five. Mm-hmm. And we were like, this is the worst position for a team to be in because now not only are you are you winning just enough to not have a top three draft pick, but you're also losing too much to be interesting. Like, man, what a bad spot. Now they are now now I feel less the way these these seven games have gone under Antonio Pierce. They're four and three. Mm-hmm. With the way these games have gone under Antonio Pierce, I care less about them winning now and more about the foundation he's building as a coach. And I wonder if Mark Davis looks at what Rich Bisaccia did after John Gruden got let go, or guided that team to the playoffs, and they were, a, what was it, 10, 12 yards away from, from scoring a touchdown at the end of that game mm-hmm. and winning a playoff game. I think Mark Davis is going to look at that and look at how the players rallied around Basaccia and go, hey, I don't want to lose that again. So let's keep Antonio Pierce and then, like you said, make sure that there's a really strong, experienced coaching staff around him because there's going to be highs and lows and ebbs and flows that comes with, with expectation. Yeah, you have to somehow disguise his weaknesses 
And you do that by bringing in good people, letting mm -hmm. either him or or having a really experienced GM go out mm -hmm. and help him build a coaching staff of smart people that are up and coming that that will stick around. Maybe one really good, like solid veteran, veteran coach mm -hmm. that fits his idea, mm -hmm. right, of what he wants to do as as a football coach. Yeah. And then you just keep bringing in, you have to open your wallet mm -hmm. and you have to pay for really high-end assistant coaches mm -hmm. to support him. And yep. that's fine because you're not going to pay him the same money that you would some of these high, high-end coaches. No doubt. As a head coaching, uh, at that head coaching position. Mm -hmm. So go fill out the roster the right way. I'm with you. It's much different when, like, just say the Kings, when you go out and you're, and you bring in a coach um, it's Michael Malone, right? Who, who hasn't been a head coach before, but you're mm -hmm. going to give him good money, but not the best money. You're not giving him Greg Popovich money. You're not giving yeah. him even what Mike Brown's making. But then if you're going to bring in a guy like Mike, uh, Mike Malone in, in 2013, you really need to build out his coaching staff because this is his first time doing this. Mm -hmm. So let him bring in people he's comfortable with. Let him bring in his dad who worked through the, the first part of training camp but then on top of that, you know, add some experience along the way to make sure that he has the right group around him. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the Kings open up their purse strings and let him do that. Mm -hmm. and, and that's tough. Like all the money that he would have liked to have spent. Um, and I think you can say the same about Luke Walton. I think you can say, uh, you know, Dave Yeager had his group of guys, but Luke Walton, one of his first hires that he wanted was Brian Shaw and they wouldn't open up the purse strings to go get Brian Shaw. Uh, to be his, his lead assistant. So these are problems. And if you're Mark Davis, who has, you know, been cheap uh, the last, you know, I don't know, decade, mm -hmm. you have to worry that they're not going to open the purse strings. And then if that's the case, then you're going to need to go get a much better, more experienced head coach. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if Mark Davis is going to want to do that. No. But I mean, a Antonio Pierce to me at this point, isn't the cheap way out. If they were two and five, but it's like, yeah, but the vibes, like, no man, they're playing good defense and they're figuring out how to scratch and claw and win games with a with a team that is not awesome. Yeah, it's it's super impressive, and I I think there's no harm in in rolling with this for the next couple of years and just seeing, like, hey, where does this go? Where does it? What does this foundation lead to? Because they haven't had a stable foundation like this with a coach in a long time. Yeah. So if you can commit to that and just see, um, the one thing I don't want to see happen this cannot happen if they if mark davis looks and you still have to do a search that's the other piece of this you have to interview antonio pierce interview other coaches make sure that you are leaving no stone unturned mm -hmm. and if you walk away going hey you know what a couple of really impressive coaches in there maybe you find a coordinator in there you go, you know what, a few really impressive coaches, but, you know, and what Antonio Pierce did for this locker room, and we're talking to players, and they love playing for this guy, they want to play for this guy, they believe he is going to lead them back to the postseason into bigger and better things. And I think that's what you go with. The one thing they cannot do, there was a report in The Athletic that Antonio Pierce has this group of of former coaches and, and friends who are former coaches who he's, he's kind of leaning on right now to guide him through the end of the season. One of those coaches is Adam Gase. Keep Adam Gase so far away. Mm. Do not hire him as an offensive coordinator. Do not hire him as a quarterback's coach. Do not hire him as a quality control guy. Do not hire him as an advisor. 
Do not hire him as a water boy, as a locker room attendant, as a ticket taker, as an usher, whatever it is. Do not hire Adam Gase. Mm. Keep him so far away from what the Raiders are building right now. Okay. Because I do not want that stink around here. Yeah. That is not going to help. Interesting. It's amazing how there are those those coaches out there that bring that. It doesn't matter what you do. They Seriously. Bring no, that's... Hmm. Adam Gase is one of them for sure. I want nothing to do with him. And frankly, I think Matt Nagy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, is probably heading that direction as well. Mm. Hmm. All right. How much damage did the Niners lost do to them this weekend? We will talk about that. We, the Raiders had a fun game. The 49ers didn't. How bad a shape are they in? And... I did a Christmas, I I started a new Christmas tradition in my family this year, and I'm going to put it out there for everybody, and if you celebrate the holiday and you want to incorporate this into your Christmas festivities, uh, I certainly welcome you to. We'll talk about that next. How bad did the 49ers loss hurt them? That's coming up. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. We tried something new this Christmas. And it wasn't just sitting around and watching basketball and football all day. Hey, how did you like the NFL also playing games on Christmas alongside the NBA? I thought it was brilliant. I thought I was way more engaged with the NFL than I was the NBA. Hmm. I thought the NBA had some good games. All of them were close. They were quality. You had stars. You know, Luka was phenomenal. Hmm. But at the same time, I just the NFL is so much more riveting on a day like that. Uh, mm. I don't know. Like I was glued. Then again, like you know, I I had fantasy football like reasons to watch versus just being a regular season game. And I don't think the NBA did something like they 
they kind of like showed off who they were at the end season tournament and it didn't make like Christmas as special. But I I don't know. I I didn't think, I even felt like, was there one game where there was only one person calling the game? I I don't know what happened there. I'm not sure the, the late game. I don't know. It felt like it was it was um, one lady, and I, I had it pulled up who it was It was calling the game. Was it Beth Mullins? Yes. Okay. But I don't think there was anyone else calling the game with her. Huh. At least it didn't feel like that. So I don't know. Weird. To me, I really enjoyed watching football. I thought the football was, um, you know, if nothing else, it was high drama. Uh, and you got, you know, the Chiefs and Raiders are always must-see. I think Baltimore and... 49ers or like that was the game of the century yeah yeah Dave Garcia in the chatty house says the NBA's in-season tournament should have the final on Christmas I tend to agree with that so I like the tradition of just like hey wake up throw the NBA on whenever the first game tips off 9 30 or whatever and that just was on TV all day yeah like it's just Christmas like you like but the fact that they don't do the Christmas uniforms anymore like they did that for a few years. That was fun. Mm-hmm. And then the fact there was NFL, <laughs> if there had been a really like compelling NBA game, I'm sorry, Nick's heat doesn't do it for me. I'm sorry. Maybe that makes me a bad NBA fan. Okay. Um, what was it? Who, what was the, the bucks game? Who the bucks play? Oh, the, whatever the bucks game was, I don't care. I just, I'm, I don't like Warriors Nuggets. <laughs> what's this? What's the story? What's, yeah, what's the, the hook? What's the hook there? Yeah. Uh, Denver. We had Denver Golden State. We had Lakers Boston. Lakers Boston. Don't care. Boston is way better. We had Miami Philly. Wait, who did the Knicks play? The is Bucks. Knicks Bucks? Knicks Bucks. Okay. My, oh yeah. Miami Philly. Miami Philly. I don't care. I don't care about Miami. Okay. I don't care to watch them. And then Dallas-Phoenix was a late game. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. I'm just out on all of it. Okay. I, I mean, I like, I, I thought, like, watching Luka go for 50, sure. um, I thought that that was, that was at least, like, enthralling sure. uh, to see him try to get there. And, and, you know, I think they there was some intrigue to that game. But I, I don't know. Football is still king, man. That's what – so I, I'm trying to I – don't, I don't like that they were both on. I like passively having the NBA on in the background while I do Christmas stuff. Okay. But with football, it's like, hey, that Raiders Chiefs game, you got to be, got to lock in. Well, but I'm going to say the difference is I cover the NBA Mm -hmm. and you cover the NFL. Mm -hmm. And so NFL is work for you, NBA is work for me. Mm. They're both work for both of us because we have a show where we talk about the NFL and NBA. But my real job is to cover the NBA. Yeah. Your real job is to cover the uh, the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we've been trained over the last, you know, five to 10, sure. you know, 15 sure. years. But I think that that might make it where you're not allowed to enjoy the game in the same way. And then sometimes, to be honest, I need a break from basketball. I need to not watch basketball mm-hmm. because I watch so much of it. And then I prefer, like my Sundays, I reserve for, you know, if, again, I'll, I'll get up early if, if Man News playing, I'll watch mm-hmm. an EPL game at 8 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I'll go right into the NFL, and I'll watch the NFL for nine straight hours. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love watching Red Zone. I love having 
two TVs on. I love yeah. the entire drama of it. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. But again, it's that's my escape where the NBA is not an escape for me. Yeah, I, I'm I I I guess it's that. For for me it was once like there was there was the Chiefs and, and Raiders in the morning and then Philly and the Giants is just more captivating to me than yeah whatever NBA game was on next. And I don't I I I think that's just kind of how how it is for uh, but Christmas Day is for the NBA. Mm-hmm. But even still it's like, well, hey, all right. Next football game's on. Yeah. Let's get that on the TV. I think it's, it's I don't know. It felt weird. It felt I didn't like the fact that there was an NFL game Thursday, and there were games Saturday, and then there were games Sunday, and then there were three games on Monday. It just messed up my week, man. I didn't like it. I didn't okay. like it one bit. It was a lot of football. Every game every every day felt like Sunday. Yeah. I, I get that. I get that, but they're capitalizing on the fact that people are home cooking. They're, oh, don't you know. Don't get it twisted. Br- business wise, good on the NFL. Oh yeah. I am not begrudging them one bit. I'm not even saying like, oh, they shouldn't do this. Just the vibe. I wonder if Christmas NBA vibe is supposed to be there and it just wasn't. Yeah. Maybe and it might be matchup problems, but I don't know. I wonder if there's a way, like someone mentioned the end season tournament. What if you, you ran it out there where you had to play to get the Christmas day game to be part of the Christmas day. So like right now, they're they're spoon feeding us these whatever they think are matchups, you know. I think I I think the one issue with that is there's so much money tied into the, Christ- yeah. Excuse me, the Christmas games. No, no, that makes sense. We're like, ABC knows like, they're getting these marquee matchups. They don't want, uh, Pacers Pelicans on accident, you know. Oh yeah, I, no, I, I, it, it, it's just, yeah, that's wild. Hmm. Okay, I prefer- I think my bigger my bigger gripe my bigger gripe now that we're talking this out yeah my bigger gripe is how the NFL laid out its games. Okay, with I know you usually get Saturday games around this time of year because the you know the embargo by college football is off, mm-hmm. so you get your couple of Saturday games. But then there was like a Sunday, but it was also Christmas Eve, and then there were three games on Christmas. It was just it was a lot. It was a I lot. Didn't, I didn't. I didn't fancy it. <laughs> Three straight days of like all day is throws off my groove, man. I know the one good thing is mm. that we had Tuesday off um, because we weren't here on the radio. So you kind of had a day to digest everything. And then mm-hmm. the Kings played late. It wasn't until seven. You know, there's some injury news throughout the day with uh, with Alex Len and, and uh, Malik Monk starting the day questionable. And then being able to play, I also I have to wonder if like Malik Monk is more injured than what we think, I mean, just because he hasn't looked like himself for like a week. Yeah, and we keep seeing this foot injury show up on the injury report, and he missed a game, and you know Kings missed him desperately against against Minnesota. But I kind of wonder if if there isn't something more to the foot injury that's limiting him slightly and throwing him off. But uh, yeah, it was kind of a quiet Tuesday outside of that, kind of like the dust settling from, you know, between football and, and basketball, seven games, like boom, 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 boom. You're just getting bombarded. Yeah. There's so much to watch all day on Christmas Day. So I don't know. It's interesting. Fun. Speaking of traditions, we started a new tradition in my house. Yeah. 
and we borrowed this from a bad Christmas movie we watched. Oh. Actually, it wasn't bad. It actually turned out to be okay. It was about this uh, Norwegian lady who brings her Indian boyfriend home to her family. Okay. And the cultural clashing of that. Okay. And it's a, it's a, like I said, it, we were like, oh, hey, bad Christmas movie. And we turned it on. We're like, wow, this is actually good. But one of the things they did in the movie, the I, I believe they were from Norway. They did something called Teeny Tiny Christmas. Oh. And it's two days before Christmas. So for them, they celebrate Christmas on the 24th. So it's the 22nd. So for us, we celebrate on the 25th. So we did it on the 23rd. Okay. And what my wife and I did was for Teeny Tiny Christmas, we turned on just like, hey, the Santa Claus, Home Alone 2. Uh, there was another one we watched. There. We watched Alice in Wonderland just randomly. Okay. Uh, and then there was another, there was a fourth movie. Christmas Vacation, Christmas no. Story, Elf. Nope. Uh, nope. I watched Elf while I was getting my tattoo done. Um, there was another movie in there that I can't remember what it was. Uh, oh, um, Muppets Christmas Carol. Okay. Yep. So we watched that and we um, built gingerbread houses and ate some food and had some drinks and it was the single best way to spend the day before the day before Christmas. So teeny tiny Christmas is now a thing in our home. Okay. We're going to watch Christmas movies all day and build gingerbread houses. Ooh. I'm in. That's a, I, see, It's a I great time. So we have our biggest is we go out and we cut our own tree. Oh, we also watch the Jim Carrey Grinch. Jeez, we watch a ton of movies. Oh, I like watching Scrooge with Bill Murray. Mm, that one, we saw an ad for that. Uh, we decided not to watch it. Oh, that's a great one. I just got two Christmas, I, I got two Christmas movies out, or okay. I'm sorry, a Christmas Carol out because we watched A Muppet's Christmas Carol. Oh, and yeah. then we also watched the movie Spirited with Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell. Oh. It's a little bit different spin on, on, on a Scrooge. Christmas Carol. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I liked that one a lot. Okay. And so we watched it last year. We watched it again this year. I just kind of Christmas caroled out. Yeah. We, we definitely, we watch a lot of Halloween movies. We watch a lot of Christmas movies. I mean, mm-hmm. it's going on all day long. In oh house. yeah, for sure. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we go all out for Christmas. I mean, like the inside of the house, outside of the house. Sure. Like, we don't have the lights up that we want to. Um, because I'm not climbing up a 30 foot ladder and we didn't have yeah, time no, to go don't do that. That's crazy. Rent a boom this, mm-hmm. w- this year, but we will. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, I don't know. We've been doing it a while. Like I've been married for a, a long time. So our Christmas tree, uh, is nothing but like ornaments from when we were kids or ornaments from when our boys were young. Yeah. We, we are definitely big Christmas people. Shout out. My wife even try uh, teeny tiny Christmas next year. It's great. I, I'm gonna try teeny tiny Christmas next year. My <laughs> wife actually made all of the stockings. We have stockings and they're elaborate. And my wife had like, oh, that's fun. Like needlepoint or I don't know what she did. You like, said you did a Lego Christmas. Explain. Oh yeah. So um, so my my oldest. We got more Niner stuff coming up. Who's twenty? He he loves Legos and cakes. Like yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but I. Uh, you know, he we built a wall of Legos this year. Uh, we went to Ikea and we bought shelving, and he has, like, cubes for all of his Legos. Yeah, yeah. So um, it was a Lego Christmas. Like, not only did he get Legos, but my wife and I, who uh, we like to do puzzles on occasion, or, uh, you sure. know, I love to do Legos. It was like, 
okay, so we got Legos as well. So, but they'll all go on his wall, of course. So good gift giving by him. He went out and got Legos that can fill up more of his Lego cubicles. But nice. I don't want to talk about how much money in Legos he has. <laughs> yeah, he it's got a lot like, of Lego. He got the big Marvel one uh, this year, oh, which has like I don't know, sixteen characters or something. <sighs> That's yeah, tight. that was expensive. That's cool. Talk about it. All right. <laughs> uh, the 49ers did not give their fans a Christmas gift. The Ravens did, though. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy also gave away a lot of gifts. Four interceptions as the 49ers fell to the Ravens 33-19. So let's look big pictures. Let the four interceptions, bad game for Brock Purdy, bad game for the offense. Really overall, Lamar Jackson, really, really good. Lamar, the MVP front runner by a lot now. And I'd be pretty, I think he would have to do something pretty catastrophic to not win it. Yeah, he just point. walked off the field with it. Yeah. That's what it was, felt like. Well, and that's what was, dude, he was, so I, there was so much focus on like, wow, look, Brock Purdy actually sucks that I think Lamar Jackson's performance got a little bit lost. The 49ers had the game plan they had with Jalen Hurts, where it was like, gonna stay in your rush lanes and keep him in the pocket. And you know what? If, He's going to beat us, not necessarily if he's going to beat us with his arm, but if their weapons are going to win, Mm -hmm. then so be it. Because their weapons aren't super scary offensively, just in a lineup and play scenario. But Lamar Jackson was so good at standing in the pocket, waiting, waiting, nothing there. He would drop, you could see it on replays. He would drop his eyes, look around for a place to get out of the pocket find it, get outside, then reset his feet and his eyes and either run. And he only ran for like 45 yards, but then he would make throws downfield and he was creating explosive plays out of situations where most quarterbacks are probably taking sacks. Mm -hmm. I thought the 49ers defense was actually, for the most part, pretty good. They didn't let the Ravens ground attack get rolling. They gave up one long run to Lamar Jackson. They did a good job with their pass rush, but man, he is so good at extending plays. And then he has enough arm talent to make any throw once he's outside the pocket. And you're just like, man, not only is he walking out of there with the MVP, you see in that game specifically why he has earned it. Because their weapons are not great. They're fine. Zay Flowers is a good player. Isaiah Likely is a good player. Like, I don't want to disparage those guys. Mm-hmm. But they moved the ball as effectively as they did in part because of Lamar Jackson being individually brilliant. I think it's an interesting discussion because we saw one quarterback lose, without any question, lost his opportunity to win the MVP. And, and I think it was sitting there. If mm. if Brock Purdy would have had four touchdowns and 300 yards and torn up the, the Baltimore Ravens and they would have won, mm-hmm. I think Brock Purdy comes out of that and he's the MVP. Mm-hmm. But by having such a bad game, I think it's interesting because I don't think it was just him that he cost MVP. Mm. Because coming into this game, I think there are three MVP players, all of them on the field. I think there are three uh, guys in the point. running for the MVP. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, Brock Purdy, and Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. And I think what this did is it separated a little bit what the MVP is. And that's because a quarterback, why it has become a quarterback sort of award mm-hmm. is because one quarterback won a game, one quarterback lost a game, and then you had a running back who had an incredible game. He was really good. Who was dominant and amazing, and his team got clubbed. 
Mm -hmm. It didn't matter how good he was. And it shows you sort of the flaw of the MVP is that it almost has to be a quarterback award. And this is why. Mm -hmm. Because one quarterback lost the game, one quarterback won the game, and it didn't matter what the guy who lost the game, Mm -hmm. what he did because his quarterback was so bad that you couldn't win because of it. Yeah, I think the one the one pushback on that, I don't necessarily disagree, but I think the pushback I have is or the the pushback a Christian McCaffrey MVP person would give is the reason Brock Purdy was in the discussion to begin with is because of how good Christian McCaffrey has been all year. And that would be the but I see what you're saying. The reason it has become a quarterback award, and I saw somebody in the chatty house say, What, is this just a quarterback only award now? Like, yeah. Given given the way the NFL is going, mm-hmm. players, it is so, so, so difficult for one player to impact a game, game in and game out, because again, this is 17 games we're talking about. Is there going to be a game where Christian McCaffrey um, just goes off for 200 scrimmage yards and four touchdowns? Like, yeah, that's sure, that'll happen. But game in and game out, it comes down to quarterback play. Mm-hmm. And that is the case for the 49ers and every other team in the league. And so that's why it has just kind of become a quarterback award because the way the game is designed now and the way the game is played now, I the think quarterback's the most important guy on the field. I think it is. And I think it's also, I mean, again, let's not take anything away from McCaffrey. I, I, to be honest with you, I think McCaffrey deserves to be in the MVP discussion without any question. He's got 1,395 yards rushing. He's got, what, seven games over 100 yards on the season, uh, but another one at 95, another one at 80 and 93. Mm-hmm. He's got 21 total touchdowns. He's got over 500 yards receiving. Like, this is one of the most impactful players in the NFL, without any question, and mm-hmm. he deserves to be in the discussion. But the way that it's being framed by not just, you know, us, and but almost like all of the media – like I'm watching the headlines as we're sitting here prepping for the show and it's just talking about Brock Purdy's meltdown. Mm-hmm. But then they want to make excuses for other quarterbacks. So like, hey, can Dak Prescott, you know, can he be in the discussion uh, and, and overcome the fact that he doesn't have a good running game? Yeah. And it's like, okay, like we shouldn't make excuses. Like one quarterback had a meltdown in a game and it probably cost him. Yeah, and then one was really good, at, but at the same time, like I don't know how you overlook the season that McCaffrey's having, the season that Tyreek Hill is having, and just automatically give it to a quarterback just to give it to a quarterback. Yeah, I think the I was also in the Tyreek Hill camp. Like I would have, if I had a vote, I would have voted for him. Mm-hmm. But in the last two games, he hasn't scored a touchdown. He has thirteen catches for one hundred and sixty yards, and he missed a week in there. And when yeah. you're talking this award and you're talking kind of big picture and what voters are looking at, a lot of it comes down to, okay, these players are playing great. How do they look in the stretch run? Yeah. And Tyreek has not looked great in the stretch run. It also doesn't help that they lit up the Jets in the week he was out. Mm. And Jalen Waddle had a huge game. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, interesting stuff, man. Yeah, really, really interesting. I think barring some kind of meltdown, Lamar's going to win it. But um, if he does have a meltdown, things get fascinating really quick. Yeah. Yeah. It so, opens the door for sure. Yeah. And maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Christian McCaffrey does walk away with it. But um, the other aspect of this is the 
49ers are still the number one seed. Mm -hmm. They're tied with Detroit and Philadelphia. They have tiebreakers over both, so that's why they're sitting in the number one spot. If they win their next two, they're in. But if they win at Washington, they can also clinch if Detroit loses to Dallas okay, and Philly loses to Arizona. Mm. So I'm not betting on Arizona to beat Philadelphia. No. <laughs> I think they're going to be motivated. I think they're going to give them a game. I would not bet on on Arizona to win that game. And, um, yeah, I think the Niners are going to have to win their next two to secure the number one seed. Yeah, it's tough. You got to really tough. play it out. Yep. That's why That's why losing on Monday was a big deal. Mm-hmm. They needed to go two and one. And if they won Monday, they could have gone into Washington and won that game against a Washington team that has uh, not been great. They're starting Jacoby Brissett now, which I, <laughs> I think makes them a little more dangerous. But... Um, yeah, that was not a good loss, and now their entire offensive line is hurt, mm. which uh, we'll get. Hopefully, we'll get some word on that at some point during the show. Well, Kyle, I'd also um, tell you, like, if I told you that Brock Purdy over the next two games combined to throw five hundred yards and five touchdowns over the next two games, would you be surprised? Five hundred and five touchdowns combined, two games. That's kind of what you'd expect. Yeah. So he'd be at 4,500 yards. And 35 touchdowns. touchdowns. 35 with another I, two I, rushing. Lamar would need to have a really, really, really poor game in there. And I still don't think you get in, but the fact that that's what your second year final pick in the draft mm-hmm. is doing, that's crazy talk. That's the whole thing with Brock, is I know that this doesn't come across as great after he had his worst game as a pro yeah, and just got punched in the mouth repeatedly against the Ravens. But <laughs> we've gotten so deep on the MVP thing and the is he good or is it Shanahan or is it the weapons or what is it? We've gotten so deep into like that discussion that we've lost the fact that this is Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. The final pick of the draft who prior to Brock Purdy the final pick in the draft had never thrown a pass in the NFL. Hmm. The most notable thing a Mr. Irrelevant quarterback had ever done was when Chad Kelly took kneel downs for the Broncos. Hmm. So they have a Mr. Irrelevant gallivanting about (laughs) as the starting quarterback in his second year, in his first full season as a starter, playing as well as he is. Whether you think he's an MVP, whether you think he's a top 15 quarterback, whether you think he's a he's the 30th best quarterback, whatever it is, the fact that he has gained a starting job, held a starting job, is on track to throw for like 4,500 yards and 30-plus touchdowns and be the quarterback of a number one or two seed in the NFC is crazy. I'd also point out, Kyle, 42 to 10 over the Dallas Cowboys. 42 to 19 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. 31 to 13 in Seattle. Mm. Like he it it's not that he hasn't won big games. Yeah. He hasn't won a close game. Yeah. That's the only difference. Yeah. yeah. Wild. He hasn't been able to play from behind. Yep. And that's a big knock. Like that's and and where this where this specifically comes in, what where, where the Brock Purdy can he win a big game or whatever? Where where that comes in for me is not even so much about this year. That's about paying him. Mm-hmm. And you have a year plus to figure that out. 
And if you're sitting here after the 2024 season and going, hey, you know what? Just went 10-6 and and 0-6 in games where we trailed at halftime because Brock can't throw us back into the game. Okay, now maybe your, your calculus changes. But that he hasn't figured that out by the end of his first full season as a starter 23 games into a into his career i'm not ready to punt yeah (laughs) i'm not ready to punt on him yeah i mean monday was bad though monday was monday was was a rough was a rough go for a guy who wanted to uh who who conceivably wanted to to win an mvp Mm -hmm. hey espn 1320 what's your name this is uh, javier from vacaville javier in vacaville oh my god throwback what's up bro uh how you doing hanging in there man what'd you want to say I just want to talk about one piece away, Sacramento. I okay, want to see let's how do it. Oh, appreciate you. Oh, you no. guys on the? I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I no, I, yeah, no. We we go unscreened calls. We're a two man show, Hoff. You're on the air, man. Uh, you're on let's the air, do bro. It. Let's let it rock. Although I appreciate uh, that was great. If I was screening the call, that was exactly what I needed. You're a pro. Go ahead. <laughs> sorry about that. You have operated that answers first. So, Mr. Hammond, it's a pleasure. You know, I've been listening to you for over half my life. I've never had pleasure to talk to you, but hey. I uh, see you know, good day to start, 27th of uh, December, 2023. I just want to know what um, uh, you guys believe the Kings' number one piece would be to take them and put them in the top three in the Western Conference because I feel like last year was an off year for the Western Conference. And, um, you know, I don't think anybody is under the notion that they are – what they would deem a championship level team. And I feel like they're truly one piece away. I just don't know how long they want to keep waiting to, you know, prescribe that notion. But I think we all see it, you know, a blind man can visualize that they need to add the piece. Now I've seen things from Zach Levine, who does not play an ounce of defense to Siakam's, the OGs, to even Kuzma's of the world. You know, I, I just want to know, from the insiders, you know, uh, Kyle Matson, you know, I have a lot of history with from the other station, but I, you know, have a lot of respect for. Him. I don't want to know what you guys think because it's, you know, scoring as many points as they did between their two last night and losing like that is just egregious. And um, yeah. thanks, Hop. Who do you think they should go get? Actually, you know what? We can answer that question next. All right. Realistic trade options for the Kings. Who makes them better? Who's that third piece? Uh, we'll do that with uh, James Ham. Kings Insider next on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.